This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldo Scribner once again filling in for Jim Smalley. He'll be back when the calendar flips to May. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock, Assiniboia Livestock. Today we're going to be chatting with Neil Townsend about how the markets have been impacted by a possible delayed start to seeding due to weather and also about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We'll talk to the new president of Canadian Western Agribition. We'll also hear from Adam Bacallo and also have the farm weather in its usual spot. We'll be back right after this. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Tanner Wallace Scribner here. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778 and brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your water well wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. With old man winter not ready to enter his slumber yet and seeding approaching, some farmers might be getting a little anxious about snow still being on the ground. Neil Townsend, the chief market analyst with FarmLink, says right now the market isn't worried about a delayed start to seeding. Yeah, I think right now it's early enough, even if it doesn't feel like that, that there's time to get you know whatever people are intending to plant into the ground. But we've been challenged on the eastern prairies by, you know, snowfall and cold temperatures. And on the western prairies, we've been challenged by cold temperatures and generally, you know, dryness in Alberta and sort of the western half of Saskatchewan, you know. So, yeah, it, in terms of the broader markets, I, you know, people are sensitive and the markets are sensitive to northern hemisphere production. I don't think they've focused in yet on Canada as being a problem spot, uh, other than noting the continued dry weather out in the western part of the prairies. Uh, they're more focused on things like, you know, the actual drought that's dragging down yield, perspe- uh, yield prospects in Kansas or the hard red winter wheat areas of the U.S. You mentioned kind of the dry areas in the more western parts of Canada. Is it something where kind of this late snow can actually be beneficial for, for farmers going forward? Yes, I, again, our information is that that moisture is still sporadic and not widespread enough to kind of resolve the issue, especially sort of in southern Alberta, those areas. But yeah, any moisture would be welcome. And uh, I think a bigger concern at the moment this week it would be that the nighttime temperatures are still very cold. So, you know, you want to see those kind of get a little bit better, which, you know, enhances the ability of the ground to even absorb the moisture, right? Like you're not going into like frozen ground as much. So we need a general warming up here. And, and that doesn't seem to be the case, at least through till the end of April. How do you feel the markets are going to react to major or minor weather disruptions? You know, the one thing I would say, Tanner, is that, you know, the market's going to be highly sensitive to weather disruptions. And it doesn't need to be a major weather disruption. It just needs to be something that knocks a few bushels per acre off of the national yield. And in particular, I would say that there'll be a heightened scrutiny scrutiny around uh, U.S. corn yields. 
And uh, right now, the U.S. is sort of having a similar type of circumstance where temperatures are cooler than they need to be. And it's, you know, they're running a little bit behind where they need to be on corn planting. But if that becomes a bigger story, if it stays cooler and stays wetter in prime corn belt area, you're going to see the market have to react and maybe, you know, build in a bit more weather risk premium on what the U.S. corn yield will finally be. If the weather stays this way, at what point will the markets start to react? Yeah, definitely. I think if it, if we were talking, having this conversation on May 20th, there would be, if there was some planting, but we were still generally lagging far behind and temperatures weren't, you know, we hadn't had too many British thermal units yet, the market would be very concerned. And again, as I say, I think there is time right now, but I, you know, if we have this conversation on May 20th, then I, the market's going to be very concerned at that point. And what is kind of your view on the markets for the rest of the year? Is it going to be positive? Is it going to be something where it's going to be another challenging year for producers and farmers? What's kind of your take on what the markets might look like for the rest of 2022? Well, I remain you know, relatively bullish. I think that prices are, obviously a lot of the prices, the indicative prices are high to begin with, but I still think there's upside. And I, I'm going to go back to that. U.S. corn yield. Like the U.S. corn yield has to come in at a record level for there to be a negative price impact. And that's last year they did 177 bushels per acre. So they need, you know, probably like a 179, a 180 or higher. If we spend any amount of time where we doubt that they're going to get a 177 or higher bushel per acre yield, national yield for the U.S., Prices have to go higher. And, you know, why am I picking on corn? It's just because, you know, corn lifts all boats, right? And uh, so, you know, I would think then at that point, wheat will trade higher, canola will trade higher, uh, pulses will trade higher, everything will trade higher because of what happens with U.S. corn. And if you want to drill down to all of those things, all of those things in a Canadian context, until we have, you know, a meaningful, you know, sense that we're going to get trend or better yields. All of those things are coming into the 2022-23 marketing year with relatively tight supply and demand balance. We'll be right back after the break with more from our chat with Neil Townsend. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Tanner Wallace-Scribner here. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca And by Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms and feeding families in Cupar, Ituma, Lipton and Strasburg. With the Russian-Ukraine conflict close to entering its second full month, we chatted with Niels Townsend, who is the chief market analyst with FarmLink, about the possible long-term impacts that the invasion could have on the markets for the rest of this year. And Neil, it's now been one month, four weeks, and I believe one day since the invasion of uh, Ukraine by Russia. Obviously not the quick wrap-up that people were hoping, but how are the agriculture markets going to react to what seems like going to be another month or months of this ongoing um, invasion? How are the markets going to react to this ongoing ongoing war? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, there's definitely going to be some disruption to Ukraine's production and even more of a disruption to their ability to export. A lot of their ports are, you know, damaged or, you know, Russia's fighting in them and stuff like that. So it's not a good situation there. The market, I mean, has been building steadily a premium into, into the prices because of the lack of ability for Ukraine to 
you know, export. And, you know, I think that's the right thing to do. There's just, there remains a, a considerable amount of uncertainty about just how much the Ukrainians can farm and just uh, an incredible amount of uncertainty and doubt around just how much they can export. And it's going to be difficult for the rest of the world to make up for that gap. I mean, one of the countries that was sort of thought to be a place where we could get more wheat was India, and they have been exporting a little bit incremental, or by that I mean unexpected tonnage. But now their wheat crop, and they're the first major country to produce the 22-23 crop, their crop has gone backward due to like excessively high temperatures at the end of March. So, you know, they were thinking they might get a, above 110 million tons and now they're looking at getting, you know, a hundred million tons. And that's all of their exportable surplus there because they, their demand is about 104 million. So, you know, it, it's just the point I'm making is that, you know, the, the math does not work right now. Like how do you replace Ukraine? Well, the only way you really replace Ukraine is, you know, maybe they export 50% of what they normally would, and then other countries have more exportable surplus to make up for the other 50%. But as we sit here today on April 20th, we just, we can't guarantee that the rest of the exporting countries are going to have that extra, you know, 12 or 15 million tons of exports of wheat. And then they would also have to somehow come up with 20 million tons or 25 million tons of corn to make up for what might be missing from uh, Ukraine in 22-23. Farmers always face challenges, but with some abnormal circumstances happening with the price of inflation rising to record levels, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we're coming out of a pandemic and we don't know exactly what's going to happen in terms of that going forward for the rest of the year. Are you still remaining positive, though there are a lot of abnormal or external factors that weren't there kind of before? Yeah, I mean, I think farmers have uh, tremendous challenges as well. Input costs are obviously much higher. Uh, input availability can be a challenge as well. But I, I still think that at the current price outlooks for, you know, the indicative prices for new crop, uh, even with the higher input costs, most things... Uh, right now pencil out to a profit and that profit probably looks pretty good per acre. Of course, there's a lot of risk because, you know, if every, everybody has a good growing season, you know, and farmers are good at what they do and not just in Western Canada, where I think our farmers are the best, but around the world they're good and and they can all read the tea leaves and say, Oh, you know, we need a good crop. So they're going to be trying to, to build uh, bin busters. The only thing I will say that's sort of like, you know, edges towards, being a better, you know, a higher probability of better times than worse times is just that, you know, there are so many challenges that farmers face with costs, with a war, with the weather, that it's, it's hard to imagine all of our, our, our own production and all of our competitors' productions coming in at trend or better. And we need trend or better to be to even have a chance to make a meaningful cut to the current prices. So I, I'm in favor of, given all of the also, you know, caveats about, you know, costs are very, very high, uh, that, um, you know, we're going to have a good year. And, of course, the final thing I'd say is, you know, one thing that could quickly evaporate your hopes of profit uh, are, you know, if we suffer another you know, adverse weather impact and, you know, the drought persists in parts of Alberta and parts of Saskatchewan and farmers don't get their crops planted in a timely manner, that would also be a challenge. 
That was Neil Townsend, the chief market analyst with FarmLink. Sean Haney with Real Ag is coming up next. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. As spring gets closer and closer, growers are considering getting out into the field. Now, one of the considerations, of course, early on in the growing season is what's the soil temperature? Is it okay to plant? Is it okay to put seed in the ground? Is the soil actually fit? Now, that soil temperature component of that discussion, it probably ebbs and flows depending on where we are in the season. Early on, when it comes to canola, a lot of growers are more concerned probably a little bit about frost on the other end of the seed getting out of the ground than maybe that soil temperature. What we've seen is more and more growers considering moving a little bit later in their canola planting based on some flea beetle pressure they've experienced the past few years due to a little bit more of an extended frost period once that canola is out of the ground. Recently on a Canola School episode, Kara Oosterhouse of Real Agriculture talked to Sheldon Taves of BSF all about soil temperature and what are some of the considerations when it comes to putting that canola seed into the ground to get it off to a really, really good start. So we're here today as we stand in this field that has no snow left on it. Uh, producers are starting to get the itch to kind of probably get out in the field. When it comes to planting canola, what are some of the soil temperatures you're going to want to be looking at? Well, really, you, you want that soil temperature in between that 8 and 10 degrees Celsius. Uh, canola will germinate as low as 2 or 3 degrees, but at that temperature, it's going to be really slow coming out of the ground. And it's going to be really susceptible to a lot of diseases and insects at, at that point. So the warmer the soil temperature, the faster it's going to come out of the ground and, and be able to start establishing and using the sunlight to grow. Now, when you're looking at, uh, like I said, some of these producers maybe get a bit of an itch to get out there. When is too early? I mean, I know it's going to be very regional, but when you're looking at the soil temperatures, is there anything that's kind of, you know, on that line? Well, I guess from a soil temperature standpoint, like I said, uh, any anything around that five, six degrees will germinate that canola and even cooler temperatures. But you really want to look at the forecast that you've got with the weather coming a couple weeks out because if you've got those colder temperatures coming, uh, daytime cool temperatures, that canola is just going to sit there. It'll be susceptible to those flea beetles and other diseases. And that's not good for that canola, right? You want to get it out of the ground, get it growing quickly so that it, it can establish and, and get that crop uh, off to a good start. Now, how actually sensitive is that seed? If it's in the ground and, you know, we might, you might be looking at some cooler temperatures coming, how, how sensitive is that seed going to be? Well, it, it is a small seed, so it, it definitely is sensitive to those cooler temperatures. Um, we just don't want it sitting there not doing anything, right? So uh, the cooler the soil temperature, the less active it's going to be. So we, we want those warm temperatures. 
Now, when we're talking about uh, soil testing, you talk about doing it a couple times a day. There's important parts of the time you're going to want to do it at. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, so it's good to go out twice a day, probably around that 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, and then probably again around supper or just after supper time. And you take the average of those two temperatures, and that kind of gives you a, a good base for what the soil temperature is going to be. So. Okay, and elaborate a bit more on why we really need to drive this message home. You know, it might be a step we want to skip, but why is it a step we shouldn't be skipping? Well, like I said at the beginning, uh, if that soil temperature isn't warm enough for that seed to germinate uh, and get growing quickly, it's just going to sit there and it's going to be susceptible to different soil diseases. Insects are going to come along. If it's just out of the ground, flea beetles show up. That insecticide is only good for so and so long once that, once that seed goes in the ground. So we really want to protect that canola and get it off to a good start. Okay, awesome. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, at BASF, we uh, enjoy helping give growers agronomic advice. Uh, please feel free to give us a call. We'd love to help growers with their questions. Okay, thank you very much, Sheldon. Thanks, Kara. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 3521866 and by Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit Moose Jaw Truck Shop. Today, there's a mix of sun and clouds with a high of plus 2. Tonight, it's cloudy with a 60% chance of flurries this evening and a low of minus 2 with wind chill minus 9 overnight. Tomorrow, there's a 60% chance of flurries early in the morning with a 60% chance of rain or showers late in the morning as well with a risk of freezing rain also early in the morning. Going to be a very productive or very Interesting morning tomorrow. There's going to be a high of plus four with wind chill minus seven, and tomorrow night there's a low of zero. On Saturday, it's cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries or rain showers, a high of plus five and a low of minus one. Sunday, things clear up with a high of plus five and a low of minus 13 on the other hand, though. And on Monday, it's sunny with a high of six and a low of minus six. The normal high for today is 14, and the normal low is zero. Sunrise is at 5.53 this morning, and sunset is scheduled for 8.02 p.m. Around the province at this hour, in Estevan, it's plus two. Yorkton's minus one. Swift Current, plus one. Moose Jaw's plus three. Weyburn, minus one. And in Regina, it's plus one. We'll be back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent edge microactive group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldo-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. 
Canadian Western Agribition has elected a new president. That new president is Kim Hextall of Grenfell, Saskatchewan. Along with her family, Kim has exhibited at Agribition for the past 24 years. Most recently, Kim was the chairman of the CWA Scholarship Fund Board. She's been the chair of various committees, including the Food Pavilion, Stock Exchange, Audit, Governor, and 50th Show. She's showing... She joined the CWA Board of Directors back in 2014 and became an executive member in 2016. Kim and her husband Jack raised purebred and commercial black Angus cattle and owned and operate Hextall Livestock out of Grenfell and their family. We chatted with Kim about her new role. You've been involved in agribition for 24 years on the show side. How are you going to take that experience and use it in your new presidential role? Well, I think all of our volunteers and all of our uh, directors uh, have some experience being part of Agribition. I've exhibited along with my family for the last 24 years, and we will continue to do so. And it's interesting, uh, being in the barns as an exhibitor uh, is certainly different than sitting at a board table. Uh, but there are a lot of moving parts to Agribition, and uh, as the director, you uh, learn what happens in Agribition behind the scenes. It's been a couple of challenging years for Canadian Western Agribition, but how are you going to kind of build off of what Chris Lees um, was able to do in his tenure as president? Well, as you know, uh, last year was a little different. We, uh, post-pandemic in a sense, uh, to hold an in-person show. We didn't have an in-person show in 2020, though we did uh, have some virtual programming available that year. Uh, something we're going to do this year is get back to our uh, return to an in-person programming for uh, students who didn't have students uh, at the show last year, though we did have virtual programming for them, and that went over very well, so we will maintain that. Uh, the cattle and livestock shows, of course, will be back and rodeo and trade show. The next-gen agriculture mentorship program continues, and that's in partnership with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. And I would certainly hope that this year we'll be able to have more international visitors return to the show. Uh, we did have over uh, 100 people visit the show this year from 24 countries, but we're looking for uh, a return of more people. And we sit uh, still over 200 days away from Agribition, and I know a lot of announcements are upcoming, but can you give us a little preview of maybe what people can expect when uh, Agribition rolls into Regina in uh, late November? Well, certainly our programming is already, some of that is already planned, but there are some things that are in the works that we haven't announced yet, and uh, we'll have to... uh, ask everyone to watch for that in the future, but we are certainly working on all of the programming that we're going to be doing this year, and the staff are busy already. It takes a while to get everything in place, and that's what they're working on. That was Kim Hextall, the new president of Canadian Western Agribition. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Dagelman Industries. Look to Dagelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market and buy Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Farm Credit Canada is offering enhanced credit line options and increased crop input loan impacts 
limits to address recent input cost increases in Canada's agriculture and food industry. FCC is offering credit limit increases to crop input financing customers who meet specific pre-approval criteria to ensure that they have access to the capital they need for the upcoming growing season. The Federal Crown Corporation is also offering a two-year credit line for qualified customers to access up to a maximum of $500,000 to provide customers with additional financial flexibility. FCC will continue to consider other options such as debt restructuring and to support customers in financial difficulty. Producers and food processors interested in setting up or increasing their credit line are encouraged to contact their local FCC office or the FCC Customer Service Center. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Tanner Wallace Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. The market update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Purchase all your weather windows with installation from Freeze Tallman before April 27th and you'll save 15%. Adam Bacallo is an investment and commodity futures advisor with PI Financial and he gave the less commodity exchange update. On the Winnipeg Commodity Exchange, May Canola is higher by $1.5 at 1164.10. July 114680 and November 105240. On the CME group, May Chicago wheat is lower by 16 and a half cents at 1071 and a half. July 1082 and so September 1080 and a half. May corn is lower by 13 and a quarter cents at 802 and a half. July 797 and a half and September 756. May soybeans are lower by eight and three quarter cents at seventeen thirty eight. July seventeen eleven and three quarters and August sixteen fifty eight and three quarters. May oats are unchanged at seven twenty three and a half and July seven twenty three. Finally, May Minneapolis wheat is lower by five cents at eleven sixty four and a quarter. Durham came in at 551, feed barley at 362, canola was up close to 5 points to 1104, we saw flax at 1291, lentils at 932, oats at 391, yellow peas at 628, feed wheat at 378, and one red spring wheat went up about 0.5 to 506. That's been your market update. We'll be back with the Livestock Exchange. It's the Livestock Report on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. Now, here's the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of April the 20th. Another good run here this week, 1175 in the short, 325 cows and bulls, a total of 1,500 for the day. One of my favorite jobs is to sell cows and bulls. These prices have been increasing every week, another 3 to 4 cents higher here. D1, D2 cows, 98 to 106, sales to 109, 110. D3 cows, 86 to 96. Cows are averaging 99.50. Had some cows from the Herednic Ranch at Yorkton. 1,650-pound cows at 110.75. And from the Callan Ranch at Yorkton, 1,725-pound cows at 109 and a quarter. Good bulls, 120 to 130, sales to 132, 133. Bulls are averaging 126. From the Poyser Ranch at Roblin, 2,100-pound bulls at 139 and a quarter. And from the Dropmore, Manitoba area, 2,400-pound bulls at 136 and a quarter. On to the pre-sort sale, selling higher to a very strong demand. Very exciting sale here. Listen up. 
500 pound steers 253, 570 pound black steers 250, 640 pound steers 230. My favorite pen, 710 pound black steers 217. Uh, I like this pen here, 800 pound red black exotic steers 205, 850 pound steers at 196. On the heifer side, 425 pound heifer 231, 500 pound heifer 224, 570 is at 204. 640-pound heifers, 187. 710, 710-pound heifers at 180. 800-pounders, 176. 850-pound heifers, 164. This Friday, April 22nd, sheep, lamb, and goat sale. Receiving from today from 12 to 8. And Friday, right up until sale time. Sale starts at 11 o'clock on Friday. The horse sale has been canceled. Next Friday, April the 29th, bread, cow, bread, heifer, cow, calf, pair sale. About 75 head consigned so far for that sale. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Coming up next, it's the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Tanner Wallace-Scribner with your Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit secondlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid and bed Mandaco. Talk to your Mandaco dealer or visit mandaco.com to learn more about Mandaco Land Rollers and tillage equipment. The Royal Bank of Canada is calling the peak for the Canadian housing market after its record-setting run. In a report published today, they said that the residential real estate market will likely top out this spring as the Bank of Canada's rate-hiking cycle slams the brakes on activity and leads to a moderation in prices. According to the Canadian Real Estate Association, the average non-seasonally adjusted home price was $796,000 in March, up 11.2% year-over-year. However, that was a moderation from the record 816,720 from a month before. Home sales activity also slowed in March, down 16.3% from the all-time sales record hit a year before. They estimate home sales activity will fall 13% this year with a farther 14% decline in 2023. However, that won't translate into lower average prices in 2022 due to the strong start to the year as they see aggregate prices up 8.1% this year before falling 2.2% in 2023. On the markets, the TSX is down 188 points to 21,809. The Dow Jones is down less than a point to 35,159. Oil is down 61 cents to 102.8 per barrel. The Canadian dollars dropped 39 one-hundredth of a cent to 79.64 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune into the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challengers growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protecting solutions visit gallancanada.com to learn more i've been tanner waldo scribner with saskatchewan agriculture today you've been listening to saskatchewan agriculture today with jim smalley on 620 ckrm if you missed any of today's broadcast download the podcast now online at 620ckrm.com saskatchewan agriculture today following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag 620 ckrm this podcast brought to you by gowan canada makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide